0: Hi, welcome to Yeah, I Watched It, the show with better critic ratings than the live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. I'm Brock, and in, case, and in case you missed it, here we talk about anime and manga, but lately we've been talking about Arcane, League of Legends. So our first topic today is the latest chapter of My Hero Academia, which is number 334. It is titled Parting Gift. And our second topic is going to be Arcane, League of Legends, Um C- season one, episode seven through nine, the last uh, three. If you aren't feeling one of those topics, you can uh, definitely just look in the description and skip to the timestamp that you want to go to. But uh, that being said, we'll hop right into My Hero Academia, the manga. So this week's chapter was all about, you know, the real is concluding, following up on last week's chapter. Uh, so we saw Shigaraki scrambling to pass on New Order before he gets destroyed by it. And uh, he finds an unsuspecting convict to bestow that power upon. And uh, we also learn that this has bought the heroes uh, another week. That, that, that pretty much sums up all the events of the chapter. Classic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot you can expect in like 16 pages of <laughs> material.
1: Uh, But what were your thoughts on the chapter? Um, I felt like it was just a nice wrap up sort of transition from this uh, from this mini arc. Mm -hmm. Of course, we get the. uh, The fact that Shigaraki was able to uh, eventually get rid of.
2: uh, New order, even though it sort of kind of destroy itself. Um,
1: yeah. the The most interesting thing I think about uh, this chapter for me was, uh, well, not most interesting, but one of the more interesting parts about this chapter was, I was kind of like wondering what happened to all these, uh, the people who just like took advantage of the situation when that when the all for one prison break happened and they were just like. I'm just going to go live, you know, mm. like this dude is just some random fucking robber and murderer. And he's just like living on his own. Yep. with Like a girlfriend so. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what I was always wondering is like, what happened to those people who just like took advantage of the situation? Not that they're trying to like be evil anymore or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they're just like just going to get out and live well. Apparently they get <laughs> their houses destroyed <laughs> and uh, essentially killed, but <laughs> he's getting doomed. wasn't very much to this chapter. It felt really short, honestly, even though it was the same
2: length. Yeah. Uh, but of course it's setting up what I'm guessing is the second to last arc.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: because we have a a week now until. <laughs> Shigaraki is back in uh back in business. But yeah. uh it seems to be that the next arc is probably going to be a uh a build up for the kids. And that leads into the final arc whatever that. Whatever is the the catalyst for that. Mhm. Of course that's still kind of It's a weird situation cuz All For One's not going after Deku. Even though I'm sure he could find him. And they really don't have any reason to like come into contact with one another, you know?
3: Mm hmm.
1: I guess if Deku was just like going around, or all the kids were just going around like cleaning up the, you know, the crime on the streets, then I guess they would come into contact eventually, but like they're not like actively fighting or like hiding out or something like that. They're just like there. Yeah. So. I wonder what that catalyst is going to be that gets them to meet for their final confrontation.
0: Yeah, I wonder what small time baddies are going to because, I mean, I'm I'm sure we're going to have to go through like at least a wave of some goons and then like Dobby and Toga and those people before we get to like. All for one versus Deku slash all night and. Deku slash doll, all might Deku and Endeavor, you know, the, the the heavy, heavy hitters. Or, I mean, I mean, the, the chapter in spotlighting are our classic three, three kiddos, Bakugo, Deku and Todoroki. So it seems yeah. like they're going to I mean, obviously they're going to play a, a big role in this, but I would say that the only the only rising action I can think of is just bringing up some characters we've come to know in the villain side and make that drive them in towards a clash. But I hope with all might being kind of a centerpiece here, doing some talking that he's going to play a bigger role in this arc and not just kind of say his two cents and then go away for a million years. uh, Like he tends to do from time to time, pretty much throughout the whole story. But uh, I don't know. Do you, do you, are you excited to see what the students are up to?
1: Not exactly. I yeah. honestly, I kind of wish the way that the that this previous arc had ended was that Star and Stripe was like, I give my power over to like All Might or something like that. You know, actually mm-hmm. took away part of Shigaraki, and that we're kind of getting confirmation now that we're going into like the final act of this. I felt like she was just kind of like introduced just for the sake of making Shigaraki more bearable. Mm. Man, it's not like. Like if this if this was like the first fight that he had after he got all for one, then I would be like, okay, that makes sense. But like, you you know, like how and how in shows they always whenever characters get like a power buff or whatever, they always try to like show off their new abilities in like cool, interesting ways. Mm -hmm. If this was like his showing off moment, I would understand it. But he already had that with the work. Yeah. So was it? just to show how much higher he is because he's stronger than the current number one hero in the world. Or, I mean, I just I don't understand her point of being introduced if she was just going to be wiped out in seven chapters, six chapters. Yeah,
0: it kind of seems like she. I mean, I don't think anyone doubted he was going to be strong. The dude has got like eight quirks.
1: Yeah,
0: like we we don't have to we don't have to worry about him being strong. And I don't think I mean maybe maybe Horikoshi was thinking oh I can't have New order sticking around it's too strong of a quirk and we don't want someone that's too OP along with Deku but it, it like you said I, it's it seems like Star was supposed to play a much bigger role than she has even in her like dying it's like I mean yeah she's a cool character but did 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 you really establish a connection with her aside from just thinking that she was cool?
1: I didn't. Not really. No, I thought her quirk was cool and that she was yeah. like an interesting character. But I don't think we saw enough of her. We don't know enough about her to be like, man, she's really cool. I really resonate with her. Yeah, like you know, they they wanted to make us feel bad whenever they were like showing the you know how she thought about her comrades as equals, and she hesitated mm-hmm. to hit Shiraki because she would have killed one of her comrades and you know, stuff like that. But like.
2: Why would I care? I've known these people for yeah. four chapters. Plus, also the people in the planes are literally just grunts.
1: Yeah, there's random people. Like if, like if Izawa was, was driving the the plane, I'd be like, all right, you know, her head setting actually makes sense. But like, they're just normal <laughs> people. They don't even have quirks. I'm pretty sure. At least not no, me. Like
2: yeah, they just seem like they're just guys in the military doing their job. <laughs> So i had honestly that just
1: this chapter I mean the, the you know the arc was kind of cool, I guess, or the mini arc, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. but it felt like it was literally just here to
2: bolster time and to also weaken Shigaraki to a meaningful level mm-hmm. Also, yeah, isn't weird. it really weird that that all might is like. Man, I really wish I
1: would have seen her like, you know who she is.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, right. He, he's he's like acting like he's never met
2: her before, but like. They know of each other.
3: And he know- hasn't met her
2: in a long time, though. in, in that de- yeah. depends on that. Yeah, I guess. But she's like, he was like a little kid
1: it's just it's really weird because it makes me want to know more about her but I feel like we're never going to get anything else about her
2: yeah because
1: yeah what is what is the point of introducing now because she's no longer a character in the show she's been killed off it's
0: almost like they you know she was created just like you're saying just to just to weaken Shigaraki and also be disposable yeah like we needed a character that was strong enough to to do something to him, but also not one of the characters we care about because they have something, and hopefully this is because they have something bigger to do at the end. But I don't know. I would have much rather lost Endeavor here, going out in a blaze of glory. Granted, yeah. I still want to see him conclude his his arc with Dobby, but if that ha- if it, like imagine a world where that has already been taken care of, and this is a fight. I like I would have much rather seen someone who we know and care about, do something to Shigaraki. Then just have someone come through and die. For the for what seems to be the sake of doing so. Yeah. And certain being in that role where they can be disposable. Yeah, Hopefully it's, it's, it's for a it's good because
1: it feels like it's like. Uh, it feels like it's Shigaraki or not Shigaraki Horikoshi trying to make up for the fact that he doesn't kill off a lot of characters.
2: Hmm. And he's just like, I'm going to introduce this big character and I'm just going to kill her off. I can raise the stakes, I see what I did. And I can kill people off. (laughs) I can draw skulls and burn flesh. And kill characters. Yeah. But. I I mean, I am I'm always interested to see what happens next, but I feel like we're just going into
1: another training arc and I don't know how it's going to be any different than the previous ones because all the training arcs feel exactly the same.
0: Yeah, they are a bit samey, especially when when all the students are involved. I just can't wait till class B shows up. You know, that's going to be the real moment. That's when you really know. Yeah, something I, like that. it's coming. I feel like it's coming at least. Not probably not all of them, but some of them will. Like I bet Kendo will show up here somewhere. I bet uh, our boy—I forgot his name.
1: Tatsu annoying
0: tetsu. dude. Tatsu Tatsu yeah, he'll probably come up.
2: I forgot the annoying dude, the other the blonde dude that steals stuff. Uh, that's not an yeah, I forgot his name. Oh, Manoma. That's what his name is. Yeah, Manoma. Yeah, he's
1: coming up. Got to. Mesothelioma is gonna come back. (laughs) So anyway, I I honestly, I have no idea what's gonna happen, but I'm here for it. But yes, I'm ready to move forward. All right.
0: That being said, we're gonna take a small break, and then we'll be right back, and we will cover um arcane episodes seven through nine the last three as i said earlier stay tuned
2: (laughs) and we are back ready to cover
0: arcane episode seven through nine Um, of course spoiler alert if you haven't actually watched these you should go watch them before continuing through because we will be discussing the episodes and we probably won't cover every possible spoiler but we'll probably cover the big ones so yeah uh, if you haven't watched it yet go go watch it if they're 45 minute episodes um you could could watch the entire series in one sitting honestly if you have enough time in your day yeah it's like a six hour movie it will uh, it will meld together pretty well, and it will probably go by quicker than you think it will, because the episodes go by pretty quick, honestly. Yeah. So Episode seven is called The Boy Savior. And uh, the main points of topic for topics for the episode. Basically, we have rising tensions and Piltover and the Undercity between the, between the two. Jace is grappling with his recent betrayal of Heimerdinger, where he's thrown him out of the council. And Victor is also struggling with his uh, mortality, impending demise, yeah, <laughs> from, from his unnamed disease that is just withering him away. So he's getting a gift from Singed, um, which might give him a little bit more time. We learn that Echo is the leader of the Firelights. And that shouldn't be really, really be a surprise because of the hints we mentioned last week. Um, And also, there's just a lot of things around that. The the firelights themselves that reveals to be Echo. Honestly, Um, we see that Mel is suggesting that they use the hex tech to build weapons to actually like sort of subjugate um, and defend themselves against the Undercity. Dwellers, I don't I I guess they're called like trenchers, I think that's what I calls them at one point. Um, yeah, and then, of course, we have Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger is now since he's out of the council, he's like lurking around in the shadows, r- roaming through the Undercity. And oh, uh, and the big moment for this episode is the clash between Echo, Jinx, Caitlin and Vi and the enforcers on the bridge at the at the end of the episode, which yeah. is uh, the big cliffhanger.
2: And I won't spoil anything around that, but it's a pretty explosive finish. So, personally, for this episode, I was I was glad to see Echo come back again.
0: Yep. Um, I think that was pretty pretty foreseeable, honestly, since it was it was really easy to guess that it was Echo because of him using the Keyblade or Bat, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Keyblade. The fact that he's wearing a mask, the red scarf—you know—he just—it was really obvious that it was Echo. If you're if you're familiar with League, um, yeah, and the characters in League, but I the, I thought the foreshadowing that they did with the with the orphans, like the, I don't know, the orphans, the firelight, like the you know how Jinx like mimics shooting the uh, Firefly, and then like the end echoes like the Firefly, and Jinx is like the crow. Yeah, oh, that was really cool foreshadowing that whole clash. I thought the singing and the, the whole. Battle at the bridge really being like a complete reversal of the first battle where the show opens. That was really cool and really well done. And the music video thing with Echo versus Jinx, that was it was goofy and silly, which I kind of liked. But it was it was just weird. Um, those are probably my favorite parts of the episode, though. What do you think of it?
1: Um. Yeah, I I, I kind of mirror a lot of those points. I I was really surprised about Marcus's like decision. <laughs> Whenever he was just like, okay, it was like, yeah, here's the here's the the stone, and he was like, well, hand it over, and Echo was like, no, and so he she he just like pulled the gun on them. He just shot <laughs> Basically, Echo, yeah. him choosing Silco over his you know, like being able to get himself out.
3: Mm mm-hmm.
1: uh, And that, of course, being his undoing.
2: Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the. Uh, the fight with. Um, with
1: Jinx and Echo was really, really good. I thought that the animation for it was really cool. The mm-hmm. lineup of the music was really cool. Mm-hmm. The. Effects that they were using. I, I I got really hyped whenever he put down the fucking uh the little uh pocket watch and was like ticking it back and forth. Yeah. I was like, oh man, we're about to we're about to pop off.
3: Mm-hmm. We
1: did pop off. Yeah, it did, yeah. Um I I I really like the how once again, it feels like everything is so intertwined and connected. Like the entire episode, there's been all these these. uh, These fireflies everywhere and they're making remarks about how many there are and things like that. Turns out that they're just. Like bombs, Mm -hmm. especially on the bridge specifically. Yeah, but just the fact that they, you know, it's not just like, oh, Jinx made uh, made explosive bomb just out of nowhere. It was like, oh, it was always
2: a thing. Um they're just waiting for their orders. Yeah. Uh I like the um the uh how how Heimerdinger is like down in Zon, just like trying to help people.
1: Like he's doing things that essentially he was getting kicked off of the the council for, and realizing the error of his ways, mm-hmm. because I mean, realistically, that's what part of the reason
2: why Jason Victor are at odds. I, I don't think it's in yeah. this episode, but um,
1: it might have been in this episode when when they're talking about. Uh, Jace is making mention. He's like, "Why do you you know you don't even." the the people down there don't even care about about us. Why should we care about them? They're just, you know, they're just people from Zon or whatever and he's like, "I'm from Zon." Yeah. Yeah, like I'm
0: just like scolding him yeah. for crossing the bridge. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it just comes to show that like what direct implications and actions their all their decisions are having on people. Mm. Um I like the way that Singed has like woven himself into every single conflict, especially in this part. He he winds himself into every single conflict, and he he actually has a hand in the undoing of every single person in this series. Yeah, yeah, either directly <laughs> or indirectly. Oh.
2: That's pretty fun. Uh, what else do I like about this episode? Uh,
1: well, it's not really this episode, it's about it's, it's later episodes, but I like the fact that Mel isn't like using Jace. It's really weird because a lot of like mm-hmm. the the uh, what you would think would happen, like oh, Mel's using using uh, Jace and Silco is using Jinx, when actually it's a complete subterfuge of those. uh Of those like preconceived notions, and they actually are the complete opposite, that they aren't actually just using people. It's very nice and it makes all
2: the characters feel very genuine. Mm. So. shall we move forward to the next episode? Sure. So episode eight is called. Where's the name? I wrote this down. (laughs) It's called oil and water. I found it. Yes. And so in this episode, we find out a little bit more about
0: Mel and it it turns out she is an oxyan. Yep. And she was exiled by her mother because she's not hard enough to just kill people, you know, in order the death of people. She's more, I think she's more dipl- diplomatic. I guess that's the best way to put it. She wants yeah. to negotiate. She wants to give people chances. She wants to kind of earn people's respect, yeah. not through brutal force, but like through showing them things and speaking to them to get their favor. Her mom's just massive, <laughs> but that the, the, she, she's an oxian. So I guess that makes sense. We learn that the or the things pick up after the massacre, with all the enforcers are dead, and Silco's there to pick up Jinx because she blew herself up. Echo's gone. Um, by and Caitlyn have scrambled away in the aftermath, and Vi takes Caitlyn back to her house, um, Caitlyn's house, not By's house, so that she can get uh, mended up by her, by her
2: mom, and. Soko takes Jinx to Singe to get healed. Um, let's see what else happens.
0: Ah, yes. Mel's mom basically there's like pushes Jace harder to use Hextech for
2: weapons purposes. Um, which really
0: she wants weapons for Noxus. Um, but she'll, you know, she's trying to use the whole situation with the Ender City as a means of putting pressure on him and Mel is suddenly against using the Hextech for weapons. Um, so which I guess that speaks more to her kind of being against her mom more than anything else. And she doesn't want to give into what she feels is like her fate. I guess she wants to kind of build her own fate and do things her own way, not do things the Noxian way, but do things the way she is. since she's been exiled and everything for not being Noxian enough. She doesn't want to go down that path anymore. Um, and that's really kind of both my it. I found that part interesting, but also sort of annoying within this episode. The The constant flip flopping of. Do we use Hextech for weapons? Do we do, do we negotiate with Zon? Do we just go to war with them? Because at one point, Jace wants to go to war. Another point, everyone else wants to not go to war. And I guess it's just really because it's driven by the fact that there are so many under like. Ulterior motives that everyone has, like the council wants to keep the Undercity afloat and keep selling shimmer because it's actually supporting their part of their economy. Um, because yeah. some of that trading is being done with backing, probably from people on the council, um, either indirectly or directly. Um, we've seen that they're not really super duper upstanding people themselves. They just want to make money. And that also speaks to the whole situation with Zon, which we find out later on that, Basically, Silco's running a a factory, and Jace and when Jason and Vive raid it, it's basically just child labor, and they end up killing a child on accident. And then Jace tur- finally turns his his like it breaks him down, and he's like, Alright, we can't fight with him. We have to negotiate. And that's kind of how the, the episode wraps up. Yep. But uh but yeah, I I thought. I thought the episode, I, I just, the, the main gripe I have about it is the, the wishy washiness amid all the characters with the war and not going to war with the Undercity because I wish that they would commit. You know, Jace's arc in it is okay by me because his actually makes sense. You know, he's against using weapons. And then he's kind of conflicted because he's like, well, Mel wants me to. And maybe, maybe her mom is right because once they've killed everyone on the bridge, he wants to retaliate, which is fair. Yeah. What I find frustrating about it is Mel just suddenly turns against it. And I guess it's just because her reasoning is more nuanced and less like just easy to easy to track. Um, because like episode one in this set, she's like, let's use him for war. Let's use Hextech for war. And then episode two, she's like, no, mom, we can't do that. <laughs> and It's like, wait, didn't you suggest that before? So I kind of wish that maybe they just let her mom bring that up and her just get to stand on her ideals as like a more diplomatic person. Um, because then it would make it would just be more consistent and it wouldn't seem like she just flipped over like the span of the credit scene from one episode to the next, you know? Um, yeah, the relationship between Caitlin and Vi seems a bit rushed, I would say. They're like super good friends super close. And I guess being, you know, amid an explosion and like not dying, that would bring you closer together as people. But that was that was all right. Really, the one scene that sticks out to me yes. though, is the scene where Mel's mom stands up from the bath. And I just thought to myself, this show is definitely not rated E for everyone. It's not even rated
2: T for teen. That's the one thing I thought to myself. What do you think? Yeah. I can kind of see what you're
1: saying about gripes with uh, the flip floppiness. I guess the only counter for that that I have is that I can see why she's flip flopping, Uh, because if you look back at like the previous parts, right, they built up this like connection to Jace as a a means to like manipulate him Mm -hmm. and to uh, to further her own interest. But I think at the end of the second part, she is she realizes the fact that she has done like bad things in her own interest, like she's manipulated Jace into kicking out his his uh his like mentor, him and Victor's mm-hmm. mentor. They've shifted their their thoughts away from from using Hextech as a means to help people. And instead of using it for war, you know, her mom comes back and is instantly trying to manipulate Jace. And I think that she eventually just realizes the fact that she actually does like Jace as like a person. And it's not just a means for manipulating someone for her own gain. Of course you have her, her childhood of, you know, essentially people just, uh, killing people rather than talking to them. And they're seeing she's seeing the way that that uh, that things are going down a dark path, you know, especially with Hextech being used as weapons. Yeah, that's just like. I think she just realizes at a certain point that this isn't the way and that. She has been complicit in manipulation. hmm. So I think that's why she does the whole flip floppy.
2: Type thing, where she's just like completely against it. Um, I I re- I
1: I enjoyed m- these episodes because it feels like it, it it never felt like the episodes were drawing to a to like a point. You know what I mean? Like in most series, where it's like you know. Ten episodes, nine episodes, whatever. It feels like it's all drawing to like a conclusion, like a big conclusion point. And while there is like a big conclusion point, you know, narratively yeah. for for all the characters, it feels like everything is so genuine. Like, uh, Jason Victor's uh, differences in ideologies. Uh, you know how warped Jace has gotten over over the time of him being you know, leader of the council, um, how manipulated he's gotten from the council. Uh, Victor's, you know, end goal of preserving his own life, even if mm-hmm. the sacrifices that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, every character feels like they have genuine intent for what they're doing for what they decide on doing. And I think that that's just very uh, refreshing in a series. I, we talk about this every week, but
2: it it does feel like all the characters are just very genuine huh. I, I really I really just enjoy all the interactions they have little subtle things that they talk about um
3: yeah I, it's just I don't know interesting but uh. What did you think of the
0: believability of all the explosions going off, and somehow Caitlyn survives,
2: Echo survives two explosions, and what do you think of Sky, her demise? Uh,
1: so I I think it makes sense for for them to. I mean, realistically, the explosions aren't. That's dangerous. I mean, like one dude lost his arm or whatever. Right. But yeah, Mike Marcus lost his arm. Yeah. I mean, some of the people were just like, it. fine. I'm, Caitlin was fine. She was far enough away from it. Echo is the one that I'm just like, yeah, he probably should have died. But I think he I think he <laughs> fell off. He like jumped off the side. Of it the, kind of implied in the beginning of the next or in the next episode that he managed to escape over the bridge itself. Yeah, but they don't really. Jink, Jink should have just straight up die, She's but I'm pretty done. sure she, yeah. she does kind of die, but.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Um, I
3: mean, the Holmes, you know, it, it you know, uh, none of the
1: lead characters are ever going to die in the series. You're right. Unless they just like if they pull the trigger and they just kill off one of the lead characters, that'd be really. That'd be really cool, I think. But.
2: Yeah, yep. I mean, expecting any of those characters to die is kind of just like. Shrug. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it wouldn't matter to the League to league itself whether or not, like, they
0: died. Because this doesn't have anything really to do with the context of League as a game, as it exists. Um, as a MOBA, at least. But I just, I know that maybe some people in the community have had gripes about the fact that it feels like they have plot armor. Um, because... We know these characters are important. You know, we know Echo's important. We know Jinx is important. Obviously, she's really important within the context of the story, so it makes sense that she's not
3: going to die.
2: Um, but. I don't know. I wish that it was a little bit more realistic and even, I guess,
0: at least yeah. their injuries and stuff. Um, Echo seems to have reasonable injuries, I, I think. Yeah, he like um, breaks his leg, right? Yeah. Next episode is legs, legs broken. Caitlyn's injuries to me are a little bit less believable because the she was like right in front of Marcus, and Marcus his arm is gone. All Caitlyn yeah. has like a scratch, you know. I'm not saying I want her to lose limb, but she could like be wounded enough to have crutches or something for a little while. She's like
2: she gets patched up by her mom, and then she's fine. You know, it's just kind of like well, her her and Vi get out, out before the explosion. No, they were caught in it. The first one.
3: It, yeah they were not the, the first grenade,
2: time,
0: grenade, but the, the yeah. first one, the big the big one. I think Vi was the only one that didn't get hit by the, the big one because she was on yeah. the other side of the bridge. But I feel like Caitlin... Was Echo was on the ground, so that, that's more believable that he would be okay or more okay um, since he's on the ground at that point. But Caitlin, I feel like she should be a little bit more injured since she was so close to the initial explosion. But maybe but, it was just like, maybe, like Marcus... Marcus's gun exploded, which blew up his arm and shrapnel killed the other people because they landed on their gun. Like, I don't I don't know about the mechanics of the these actual like the, the, the bombs themselves since they're little tiny firefly bombs. Maybe that had yeah. something to do with like maybe what they landed on increased their their damage and Caitlin took less damage because she wasn't actually on. You know, they didn't explode on her. They exploded near her, but whatever. Um, that's fine. I thought I, I think the idea of sky dying and becoming a part of the hex core and then back becoming a part of victor um because it's like it's seen it's very sudden but it makes sense that he would care about her and maybe he just hadn't he neglected to like spend time nurturing that care because he was so focused on you know surviving um and trying to leave his mark on the world um
2: but i don't know i kind of wish she didn't die (laughs) Just because I don't know, it seemed like she seemed like it was just like it was a convenient thing
0: to like. Okay, we'll we'll, well, we'll introduce this. We'll add a love romance angle to this character, and then immediately kill her, just so it's a little bit more impactful that she's dead. When maybe she
1: could have just died and not I had that romance that angle. It makes sense from <laughs> two separate angles. I think that it makes sense from the sense of um, Victor feeling bad about his sac, like not you know if, if he if he was just able to you know achieve his glorious evolution as a lot of people reference it as um, if he <laughs> was just able to achieve that and there wasn't really any sacrifices and it just felt like he was just being manipulated then you know that's kind of weak but the fact that It seems that his that her joining with the hex core is he's able to, like, sense her inside of it. So it Mm makes sense for him to want to preserve that while Jace, you know, inevitably wants to destroy it because.
2: You know, the. The creation that it creates is void. Mm Um. It would make sense that he wants to preserve it for that reason. Um, And also,
1: it just makes sense that he would have to bear that burden of killing someone in pursuit of his own life, killing someone who had nothing to do with that. And that her sacrifice of trying to pull him away to keep him human, to keep him, you know, like whole or whatever,
2: being a big impact on why he inevitably Pursues that because, like, she killed herself trying to save him
1: from, yeah. essentially what is going to become his own demise. Uh, and in that way, it's really tragic that he falls prey to to the the hex core's influence, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think part of it is is keeping her memory alive because I think that he can sense her inside of
3: it.
2: They at least yeah. made reference that he could feel her inside of it. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's
0: going to have some sort of sentience, and I thought it made sense for her to like die and join with it. to give it yeah. more, like you saying more of a meaning to him Um mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I didn't like that. She came like, I, I guess it's the it's the spacing of her being brought up the way she was and then immediately dying. shortly thereafter, it just seems like she yep. had more potential and they had more potential to build that up some more. Um,
1: I think it's just a matter of
0: they're not. They just yeah. didn't.
1: They didn't have enough episodes. I, yeah. I think that that's yeah. what and inevitably I think all this all this falls into. And of course, I think part of that's going to be rectified and. The next season, but I, I do feel like that Hopefully they do some of the uh some of the the plot threads in this kind of just get abandoned. Yeah, like, they don't have a choice with Victor's stuff is is really interesting and seeing him, you know melding with the hex core and becoming more robot than man is interesting. But eventually you're gonna have to ditch that to pick back up the threads of Vi and Jinx, which is what the story is based around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jace, you know, fighting against his desires to utilize uh, Hextech as a weapon to protect his city and protect the people that he loves. That's going to have to take a backside to, you know, Jinx and, and, and uh, Vi's story. You know, Heimerdinger and Echo can't get... Mm-hmm an extreme amount of. Screen time, because, you know, once again, everything's got to got to come back to a certain level to other people's stories. But yeah, I feel like if there was just one or two more episodes where they could have spaced some of these things out and they could have made more of the episodes centered around certain
2: characters, you know, like there's no jinx in, in the second episode. Pretty much there's very little she like gets taken to some stuff she gets she gets injected
1: and then you see sort of that transformation and then a little bit more
2: of her and then it ends so i think that's my major gripe is that it just feels like there wasn't enough and i guess
1: that is just a mark of a good show is that you feel like there should have been more
2: but I feel like that's what's going to be addressed in the second season. I think that can go both ways. Some people could
0: be like they should have done more with this if they had just made more episodes if they had paced them a little bit differently. Um, then people would like count that against it. But I think I think it can go either way. I, I could see that being a good thing because I mean something something leaving you wanting more is like as long as you're not disappointed. I think that's a good thing. If you're disappointed and you want more, then that's a bad thing because yeah. so that means you had an expectation that wasn't met by yeah. it and
2: that lets you down. <laughs> Versus just actually piquing your interest enough for you to care about what happens going forward. Speaking of. Going forward, let's move on to episode nine. <laughs> yep.
0: So episode nine, the season finale, it's called The Monster You Created and as such, it centers heavily on the final clash between Jinx, Vi, Silco, and uh, the Piltoverians, Pil- Pil- Piltoverians, Jason gang. Uh, they're also involved slightly, but it's mostly about Vi and Caitlyn. And so Jinx kidnaps Vi, or excuse me, Jinx kidnaps Caitlyn at the end of the the eighth episode. And... She takes her away. We don't know. Uh, I, I, I skipped over the fact that Jinx is healed by Singe by just basically looks like she gets like, like repeated injections of Shimmer or some variant of sh- Shimmer that, that keeps her alive and also makes her like superhuman the way that it does everyone else without like, like morp- morphing her body in a, in a way like it did with the Deckard. And um, it seems like a lot of other people get like. Like weird body enhancements. Jinx doesn't get though. She just she's just faster, it seems like a lot faster and stronger, of course. Um so so Jinx takes Caitlin. Um what else happens? The the council Jace Jace and Vi raid the factory, and they you know, after the raid is over, Jace like I said, Jace accidentally kills a kid and and he's pretty much torn apart by that, which is respectable and makes sense. Um But it's really just the harsh reality that Jace is finally seeing the the like fruits of his inaction towards the Undercity, his and other council members inaction, because they've had it within their ability to make the Undercity a better place, a safer place, a healthier place all these years. And they haven't they've decided not to because it's just too much work. Um, they're too busy trying to further their own ambition further their own pocketbooks. You know, they're, and that's really what it comes down to um, at the end of the day. Uh, But eventually Silco is confronted by uh, something I'd like to mention, I guess episode one. So Mm -hmm. Silco has a, as a a council of his own, they're, they're the Kim barons and one of them, his name is Finn. He is seeking to, have a, a small uprising and kill, kick so- Soko out of the council, out of the, the board and take over because he feels like Soko is actually too weak and he's not the smart tactician he used to be. And he's not trying to make the Z- make Zon richer. He's just trying too hard to rebel against Piltover. Um, he doesn't have a handle on Jinx and Jinx is like going, blowing stuff up, killing people. You know, it's just things are getting worse for, Zahn because of her actions and by proxy, Silco's inaction. So, Finn wants to throw him out. Finn confronts Silco with uh, Silco's right hand lady. I forgot her name is like Savica, I think. She's and fed. another member of the council. And they, they try. It. She, he, well, he thinks Savica is going to kill Silco, but she instead, she kills Finn. So, Finn's dead. Silco's still in charge. The other person, I think her name is Rennie or something like that. She runs away. She's a, she's on the Kim Barons. Anyway, Soko re- reestablishes power, but he's he's also a bit shaken in this situation. And he decides that he would also like to meet with Jace to make amends in some way and try to establish Zahn as an independent um, nation. As it as it were. So they meet on, on the bridge and they have it out. Basically, they come to an agreement that the only way that they can get what they both can get what they want is that Jinx has to be handed over. So it's it's a bit ironic. It's a bit cyclical. We have just like we did in the first set of episodes. It all comes to a head with the father figure, this time Silco instead of Vander, having to turn over one of his children, um, Jinx, who is guilty of a crime and needs to go. But. Of course, just like Vander, he doesn't want to actually turn her in. That leads us into the next section where um, Bai, who is upset with Jace because now Jace wants peace, has decided to take everything into her own hands, and she's going to take down Silka herself. So she takes the two gauntlets and raids the last drop, now a nightclub, and she has a big beatdown with Siddiqua, which this time... Well, I think pre- Bai pretty much won last time, too. She pretty much won both of the fights. It just came down to the fact that she ignored that Sivika had a, a a blade in her arm. So that kind of trips her up for a second. But this time she wins. Seveka tears off her arm and then she leaves uh, or actually, no, she gets abducted by Jinx. That brings us to the final big moment at, at the end of the episode where. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Echo. So Echo gets rescued by Heimerdinger because Heimerdinger finds Echo at the bottom of the bridge. He Heimerdinger is really interested in Echo because Echo's built his hoverboard, and Heimerdinger is really intrigued by the fact that Echo has been able to create, you know, such a thriving area in Zon, and he really he finds that inspiring because Heimerdinger's gone through Zon and he's seen how how bad it is, so he's like really amazed that Echo has created like a safe haven with like living tr- living plants and technology and all this in such a short period of time, even though Echo's only like probably like seventeen or. Or so at this point, so he's really just intrigued by Echo, and so they're they're creating a bond, and High is basically mentoring Echo. It seems like, or he's definitely on track to mentor him. So that's cool. That's a cool little little side sidebar to this whole episode. Um, But then back to the what the good part uh, or the important part, I would say, Um, Jinx has by Silco and Caitlyn are at her at her little tea party in the uh, like the burned out remains of the factory where Jinx killed Kragger and Vander and uh, Milo is his name. I forgot his name for a second. Sorry. Yes. So we're, we're, we're really going back to the beginning. It was a really big callback to the, to the beginning here in more ways than one. And. Vi's trying to convince Jinx that she's not Jinx. She's powder, that they can still be sisters. And Jinx is kind of having a bit of a crisis um, trying to really she trying to put the like put it on Vi to decide who she will be which is reminiscent of reminiscent of the fact that Jinx like well powder I should say um, growing up she de- she depended on Vi to sort of direct her rather um, yeah. than sort of using her own ambition to direct herself which is a part that Silco kind of lets her just do what she wants to do um, and so She's like, there's two, there's two chairs. One of them says Powder. One of them says Jinx. It's painted on it. And Jinx asks Vi to, to decide where she should sit at the table. Um, Silco shakes and abrupts and he interrupts. He's like, you know, her name is Jinx. And she's, he's trying to really push Jinx to be Jinx and do his bidding in a way. And Vi's like, no, do what you want. You're better than this. You're Powder. Yada, yada. Uh, Caitlin, Breaks free of her of her minds, and she picks up Jinx's min- minigun and points it at her and she's threatening her. And she's like, you know, because she's basically going to shoot Jinx. Vi is trying to talk Caitlin down. Soko's trying to tell Jinx to shoot Vi and Caitlin and, you know, whatever. Jinx puts her gun down. She pretends she's going to surrender. And then in a flash, she takes or over- takes her gun, overpowers Caitlyn, knocks her out, and then Soko is He's tied to a chair. Everyone's tied to a chair except for Jinx and Caitlyn now who's unconscious. Um, and so Jinx has her minigun. She's between Soko and Vi. They're arguing trying, you know, both trying to convince her. Uh, Soko reaches for the gun that Jinx put down in front of him and tries to shoot Vi. Jinx defends Vi and shoots Soko. So now he's got three bullet holes and he's dying in his last breath. He tells Jinx that that, uh, you know, he wouldn't have given her up to Jace. He would he would let the the world burn before he did that, Um, which is ironic because he didn't even care about her and he was ready to kill her. I mean, by proxy, he wasn't I mean, he was going to kill the kids. Which did include Jinx, but he 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 likes her now, so things are different. He dies, and then Jinx decides to be Jinx, and then she launches a big rocket at the Council, who have voted without negotiating with Va- uh, with Zon at all, that they will try to have peace, and so that's that's literally quite literally being shattered by a rocket through the window, which will probably kill all
2: of them. That's how the season ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, there was there was. I thought. Did you feel like this episode was paced well? Um,
3: somewhat.
1: Uh, I feel like it could really only come to a certain head, you know, eventually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that one way or another, things were going to have to get a little bit rushed in order to get somewhat (laughs) of the of the story across. Especially since Mm -hmm. going into this episode, you know. All of the uh, none of the pieces are in, besides you know Caitlin being abducted. None of the pieces are into place for the for the finale. You know, yeah. So you know they had to rush through pretty much all that uh, while also introducing you know the reason why the council's meeting and Silco's uh, his desire to have peace between the undercity and and piltover uh
2: and all those sorts of things that it was just like eventually you're going to have to sacrifice something mm-hmm. for that uh it's just
1: about what you're willing to sacrifice i thought that the uh the ending to the episode was really good mm-hmm. like there's so many Callbacks and important things you may not notice on like first viewing or anything like that. Uh, like the direct parallels between Silco and Vander. Uh-huh. You have Vander who, uh, was willing to give himself up for Vi, uh, was willing to, you know, sacrifice the empire that he had built down there for essentially some, someone that he considered his daughter. Um, yeah uh and silco growing into that sort of role alongside i mean he he there's literally a scene where he's sitting in also it's really odd that he built a statue for vander but i guess it's just the fact that he respected his ideals because eventually he sees the same things that vander did like he doesn't just want to rule the underbelly of Zahn, but realistically wants a lot of the, the Zahnites to prosper just because, you mm-hmm. know, that's where he's from. It's where both him and Vander are from. Vander wanted Zahn to be on the same reins as Piltover. The same thing that that uh that Silco eventually wants. Um, yeah. But I think that the the overall message at the end with by telling jinx no you're not jinx you're powder you're not this person you're you're uh you're this person and silco telling her what she probably needed to hear all along was that no one was ever going to give her up that he would never given her up he would let the world burn you know before he even Thought about giving her up and that she's perfect just the way that she is. That That's what I think is the is the biggest moment in the in the series is that Jinx's acceptance of who she is. It doesn't come from Vi pushing her away, but rather mm-hmm. Vi denying who she really is. And Vander accepting who she really is. You know, as much as Vi wants to pull Jinx back to their side, Jinx is too far gone. Like, there's just, you know. You can't help who the person turns out to be and her trying to tell her who she who she is. I mean, it's really just Jinx being like, well, Vi, tell me, am I going to sit? Which which seat am I going to sit in was a a subtle test for Mm -hmm. Vi because Jinx already knew who she was, you know. Whether in those yeah. moments that she she was willing to to turn back <laughs> to the other side or not, that's completely you know up for debate or whatever. I I think at the whenever Silco tries to shoot Vi at the end, I think that part of Powder shows back through because on instinct she protects Vi from Silco, even though it's. Mm. At the cost of killing her father, which she immediately, you know, like her new regrets. surrogate father, yeah. which she immediately regrets. Uh, yeah. But. That as 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 Silco is dying and telling her his last words, I think that that's the last chance
2: that powder ever had of being powder again. Uh, And I think it's really Poetic, I guess that the peace was
1: going to be achieved between Zahn and Piltover, but yeah, Jinx in all of her ways and, once and again what she
2: does, mm-hmm. and yep.
1: um, you know destroys those chances. I also think that uh, I I, I don't know. What the future holds for a lot of these characters because a lot of them aren't in the lore all that much Uh, I know that Riot's been talking about a a new support champion with gold shining armor uh, which could be Mel (coughs) Uh, it's just a possibility Uh, but I know that caitlin's mother eventually dies i think it would make sense for her to have some sort of disdain for jinx and a personal vendetta against her especially if she killed her mom um but i don't know how that makes sense if mel is able to protect people with her magical glowing armor or whatever uh but i think what makes more sense is that Everyone dies, or at least most of them die besides Jason Victor. Obviously, um, it may maybe Mel survives. Maybe she doesn't. But I think that her death is what spurs
2: her mom and will probably provoke Noxus into <laughs> retaliation. Uh, mm-hmm. But. I, I honestly I don't know. I
1: I know that you know with season two around the corner in two years, uh, <laughs> right around. I, the <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what it all holds for us. I know that uh, we obviously get a confirmation of Warwick at the end that Vander's Warwick. A little teaser, yeah. A little Oriana teaser there too. Uh, yeah, Oriana teaser. I, I was going to mention that also that. I think that Sinj's
2: daughter is Oriana. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's accurate from the lore too. Yeah, it's, it's not said.
1: Uh, OK, I don't think singed has ever mentioned his daughter in the lore. So I think this is new stuff. But, okay, you know, that's fair. his daughter ending up being Oriana would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that singed in this in this latter half is really been interesting, because, for instance, like his whole thing was keeping that creature alive you know for as long as possible, so he could continue mm-hmm. to make his uh his drugs and then he's able to help Victor prolong himself for at least a bit, and then Jinx comes to him and he's able to perfect that that chemical brew again in order to save Jinx's life and mm-hmm. Then he tries it on Warwick to try to bring him back from the dead, which creates or he tries it on Vander to raise him back from the dead, which creates Warwick. and then he realizes the fact that he can't create all these uh these creatures like he can't revive the dead. And so the best thing for him to do is to create some bio person. I guess by some Hextech person. I know that in Ori's new lore that she was a person and then she got replaced slowly by pieces with machine. Mm. And then eventually she was all machine.
3: So. She probably does exist, but.
2: You know, what does that mean? Yeah, existing and not being in the show are different things. Yeah. A lot of characters exist
0: at this point. We they're not in the show yet. So yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the ending scene, you know, I always thought of Jinx as like powders, like alter ego that she created as like a defense mechanism Um, (laughs) because Jinx embodies sort of all the things that powder herself isn't, you know, Jinx is confident in herself. Jinx is headstrong, even though she's not always the smartest thing in the world. Uh, I would say most of the time she's short sighted and reactive. Uh, which is a bad combination. But powder is just she just goes along with whatever people tell her to. She's afraid, you know, she's not sure. And that's why Jinx was created in the first place to protect powder, you know, because I I think a lot of times when you see like what personalities or things like that in, in shows and stuff, one personality is there to like circumvent or like protect the others. It's like, it's always like a dynamic. It seems like the, it's, I don't know if this is true in real life. Um, I know, I think multi-personality disorder is like really, really rare in real life. Um, but yeah. usually, you know, there's always, it's, there seems to be like a hierarchy in the in the, the uh, alter egos that people have. But I thought that Jinx pointing out that, you know, you, I thought that you created Jinx, you know, and saying that, and speaking to Vi and saying like, actually I did, you know, and that, that kind of confirmed that my interpretation of that, but I thought the, the whole ending scene, it's very frustrating that you see them. They're like, all right, they're, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're going to create peace or letting Zahn do its own thing. Soko's getting what he wants. Um, and Jinx thinks she's doing what Soko wants her to do, which I guess Soko probably does, even though he's dead, he would, he would rather her like actually have a rebellion than just be given what he wants. but, there's also that part at the fountain which seems like Soko's lamenting the fact that he's done all this and he could have just like met with them. Yeah. And got what he wanted. He didn't need to get to this point where he's ruined he's ruined his the undercity with, with Shimmer and you know created this huge issue for them. Killed, you know, led to the deaths of hundreds of people, um, either directly or indirectly, and all he had to do was really just broker a deal with the council and say, like, hey, I won't, you know, we want we want to be independent because I'm sure they would have probably worked that out anyway. Honestly, without all the violence, but he never took that. It's like he never considered Vander's way. He only went his own way, but Until he just realized reality. at the end that. Yeah, he was wrong. And Vander actually was, you know, sort of they like they could have worked together and they they could have. I, I mean, I think shimmer could have been something that they that they used without ruining on, Yeah. You know, it has it has a lot of it, it could have been a, just a lucrative export that they that they used. So it's just that's one of the tragedies uh, of the story. And I guess that's kind of the point is like there are so many things in the story you can get frustrated with about these characters because they can't see the forest for the trees um, mm-hmm. sometimes. And it, I think that's what pulls you into the show It's what makes it a good experience um, because it's very human in that way. You know, these characters aren't perfect. They're all intermingling. They're all trying to go about things the way they see fit. And you can see how they're wrong, how they're right, you know, and how they're justified in, in all this stuff and all, all at the same time. And, and it's, it's cool to see the interplay of a world really interact. And I think that's probably one of the strongest parts of the, the whole thing, as short lived as it is, which is also kind of frustrating that it's only nine episodes and that's over. Um, is that they're they did they managed to use such a such a they make they made such a complete narrative with all this depth to it um that's it's really impressive and nice
2: yeah i think that uh what i find really interesting about um the whole Silco
1: dynamic is the fact that like you said he Honestly, probably could have achieved what he needed to uh, without causing a, pretty much like an opioid addiction in the inner city. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just it's like, yeah, like you said, just, you know, not being able to see the bigger picture in life. And view the fact that you, what you're doing is probably wrong. I mean, it, he he realized he was wrong at the very end. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Also, I find what I find really interesting about Jinx's whole uncertainty about who she is and split personalities and things like that, is that before she receives the injections from sin, she's way more unhinged. Yeah, it feels like once she recovers and uh, we're in that ending scene that she is more comfortable with who she is and it feels like her personalities have sort of m- melded into one and that she's not fighting mm-hmm. herself constantly she seems more together in that final scene than she does in the entirety of the rest of the show she seems more dead set on what she wants to do mm-hmm. she's more, more decisive about what she wants to do she's not as like jumpy or you know scared to do certain things she just kind of does what she wants to. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's just like her coming into her own and understanding who she is, which I think is just a a really good It's not a really good message but you know. <laughs> yeah. The the fact that that
2: uh that you're able to create that sort of message behind a character who is evil mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, the anime, the anime does explore a lot of interesting ideas. Uh, yeah,
1: I think one of the one of the, the things that resonated with me after all that is uh, Victor's line where he says uh, in the pursuit of
2: great, we fail to do good. Yeah, that's a good one. Good quote. That's that's a. Yeah, that's a that's also the the. juxtaposition position of. Uh,
1: Victor being the one to save Jace when Jace wants to kill himself. And then once
2: again, Jace mm-hmm. coming back and saving Victor from doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's very
1: tragic. A lot a lot of what happens to a lot of these characters. No one really gets a happy ending. No, uh, <laughs> But I do want to see. Uh,
2: what happens in the in the next uh, next season? excited for it. Yeah. I hope I
0: hope that they I mean obviously it seems like they're based on the little teaser it seems like they're going to be exploring the Hunt Jinx arc <laughs> for Caitlyn and Vi. Yeah. Um I'm guessing I I probably guarantee Caitlyn's mom di- is dead next season. Um I think like if like, if, if uh if- Mel's armor is like a support item or she has a support. It's glowing at the end. So maybe she's going to create some sort of barrier, but it's only going to extend so far. Protect her and Jace, because I mean, if she can save one of the persons there, she's she's definitely going to save Jace, but I think killing Caitlyn's mom dying would serve as a good means for her to have even more reason to hunt down, Jinx, even though she's already pretty obsessed with Jinx, I would say, and trying to apprehend her. She's not as far as like Caitlyn that we've come to know from like League, where it's like they're her and Caitlyn and Vi are actively kind of on you know on the hunt for Jinx in the like in the League setup. So that was this That's is kind of like the God. precursor to that, I guess. But I I would honestly I would like it a lot if I hope they they bring in more of the realms um, into the story next next season. I don't know if they will. But it'd be cool if they did, because the Zahn Piltover, I think they've done enough with Zon and Piltover. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be nice to see them go and bring in some more international characters, as it were. I also kind of think maybe Mel's mom will be a <laughs> will be a champion. I can see her being like a top laner or something.
1: But yeah, I, 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 I wonder cool. how much they want to extend Arcane to League itself. Yeah. Like, I know that this is going to end up being Jinx and Vi's and Caitlin's and Jason Heimerdinger and, and echoes and singe and all, all, you know, all the characters that exist oh, in the yeah. league. It's going to end up being what their lore is based off of. But I wonder how many characters are going to come from. The show in mm-hmm. order to be in the game later. Mm-hmm. Like, is Sadiqa going to be a champion because she's still alive? Yeah, she can. She could, cool. she could. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think Mel is the is the closest one to become a champion. I, I think yeah. I, I think that the shining armor, even even if, I you know maybe the maybe the shining armor is just like a, you know like a, narrative thing. I mean, we do see her like, you know, she's deface the the painting that she's that she's done. She's taken off her ring, Mm -hmm. you know, that 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 moment there is like she's ready to set things aside to possibly settle down with with Jace to put aside her noxian ways for the future, that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't the wouldn't the ultimate betrayal of Noxus being a be being a support instead of being <laughs> an aggressive person? You know, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, I, I always kind of felt like we would get at least one new champion out of Arcane because it, that just seemed like a
1: riot move to do. You know, Really just any, is any the most likely because yeah, yeah, she's the most I guess impactful of like the other characters.
3: But yeah, besides like, new character. besides like
1: Silco, but he doesn't have like. He's not a league champion for the sense of being a league champion. He's just an intimidating dude. Yeah, he's too. I think he's a little bit too. He doesn't seem like he has any any ability whatsoever. But even and so, I, he's dead now. So, yeah, he, he got gunned down any of the cha- any of the characters that are still alive, I think, are well within the ability to be a champion. But I think yeah. Mel is going to be the one who does.
0: Yeah. Do you think we're going to get any new skins? I know last time we you mentioned that you thought Victor was going to get a skin. Do you think Echo is going to get a skin or anything
1: It'd be like that? Cool to get a firelight skin, but yeah, I, I don't agree. think that yeah. we're going to. Uh, of course, you know, uh, we need to wait until the next season to see Victor's
2: eventual. Change into the Victor that we know. Yeah. Uh, So we probably won't get a Victor skin. <laughs> I think we probably got all the skins we're gonna get.
0: Yeah, I think we're done for now. I think they would have if they were gonna roll out a second batch they would have done it by now. Um so I think that I know I think you can get the new I know they're releasing the skins like week per week. Um up and they're gonna be available by quest until like the ninth of December I think. So I guess they're done releasing skins for now. I, I felt like they would have like if they were going to do it, they would have announced a second second like batch. And that would have been yeah. I would have assumed that would be Victor Heimerdinger and uh, Echo. Another, another three. Yep. Um, if they were going to do that. So since they haven't, I, I assume they probably
1: won't.
2: Which I, 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 I respect I just, it.
1: I want to see more it. of
2: the Arcane universe. Yeah, I agree. The sooner the better. Yeah. The teasers. And do like side stories if they wanted, you know, in the meantime, I don't know. I don't
0: know how much money these things cost to produce. I'm sure it's not cheap. Uh, it doesn't look like it would be cheap.
1: Um, I'm sure I made back well enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's probably their most probable thing ever. It's it's definitely gotten
0: enough critical acclaim, I think, to garner. Blurging, I think it would be
1: interesting to see not in the in the vein of of like arcane, like the style or whatever, but Mm. just like traditional anime based on the league universe so they could flesh Ah. out things without being such a high, you know. Quality of, you know, like everything can't be an arcane, you know? Yeah. So rather than everything being an arcane, how about you just make little stories involving characters that are just like traditionally animated, you know, lower budget costs. That, but still, you know, I think what a lot of people are interested in is the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, the animation was really good, but there wasn't a lot to do about the animation. Like there was, there was a few fight scenes and things like that, and they were animated really well. But most the animation, I think most most like the the praise that I see the animation getting is just like how believable the characters are. Like they act Mm -hmm. very real. The world seems very real. That sort of thing. You, you know they could do with lower budget costs while still keeping the story important cuz I think that's what a lot of people were liking lo- a lot
2: about this. Yeah. Arcane was the story was really really good. Yes. Yeah. So So but that is my thoughts about Arcane. I know that uh
1: we're both looking forward to the next season. Yep. Uh but soon we we shall have another segment coming in with the uh, Jojo's,
3: yeah, it's coming
1: out. Uh, this in January. It comes out in December, December first, oh. twenty twenty-one. Okay, and it releases in I'm like sure. twelve
2: episodes increments. Twelve episode increments? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's different. Uh, they release in twelve episode increments, and they release each month. I think. So, I'm sure that we'll break that up in a meaningful way, but uh, yeah, definitely. I don't know how we're gonna do it, honestly. I would suggest we do it in arcs if possible. Yes,
0: that way we can talk about an entire arc as it comes. Yes,
1: so with that, you have any uh, wrapping up thoughts? Uh, yes, I have one thing uh, for those that are celebrating
0: and, and live in the U.S. A happy, happy upcoming Thanksgiving. Maybe by the time you hear this, it will it will, it will be Thanksgiving or will it pass? So uh, enjoy this time. Be safe. Uh, hope you enjoy your food.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I basically going to say the same thing. Spend time with your family. Be safe. Uh, Wash your hands. You know, if you're traveling back home, you take all the precautions necessary uh, because we still are in a pandemic. Uh, Yep. But don't let that hold you back from enjoying the time with your family and spending time together. Yep, yep, yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Catch you next time. See ya.